Hello, and welcome to the latest instalment in the Empire podcast. This podcast we recorded a little while ago, and I'd just like to say before yeah, you listen to the podcast that we've changed the uh, setup on skirmish skirmishes for nations now. So if you just have a quick read of your email or the wiki, um, it should give you an update on how skirmishes work now, uh, because we've changed it since we recorded this podcast. But in the meantime, listen, listen on, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Bye. I am the spirit that's swift to strike in anger. I am the shield that turns all foes away. I am the walls raised high against the darkness, standing fast. So with me today, I have several of our new player support team, uh, starting with Claire. Would you like to introduce yourself, Claire? Yes, I'm Claire. I head up Matt's player support team, which includes the egregores, new player support, backgrounds, and something else I've forgotten. Bards? Yeah, and we've got an ongoing situation where we're bringing the bards into this team, because we feel they basically act like egregores anyway, so we should be supporting them like we do the egregores they're like musical gores yes only we're looking at them having their more international bent whereas the egregores are more nationally focused so so they'll they'll be bards of the empire okay i'm sure we'll be talking about that later and next lynette who are you lynette i'm the current egregore for the brass coast and have been since event one Right, so one of our, our long-standing egregores. In in fact, I've just realised all of the egregores on this podcast are in fact long-standing egregores, I think. So we'll flip over to Tony. Who's Tony? Hello, my name's Tony. I play Menos, the Urizen egregore, and like Lynette, I've been there since day one. And last but not least, Liz. Um, I'm one of the Navarre egregore, Lee event, or one of them. There's two of us now. There are two of you now. And you are also an event one I am, yes. Who, who had a short break to uh, make a little bundle of joy. Indeedy, but I'm back now. <laughs> You're back now. And drinking tea for the Empire. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So what does the new player team do? Well, when Empire was set up, what we really wanted to do was catch people who were new to the game and new to Profound Decisions games and make sure they got involved and enjoyed themselves. Right, okay. Because quite easy when you start, especially a fest lap, it's it's easy to be lost and overwhelmed by everything that's going on well there's the best part of 2000 people in a field aren't there so it's really easy to to just not have a clue what's happening right yes 2000 people in a field and 2000 people that quite often just seem to know exactly what they're doing even even when they don't really most of them don't really no no so 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 that that is a common problem for a new player isn't it is that it, you feel like you don't know what's going on, but everybody else around you does. But quite often, they don't necessarily know what's going on either. You just have to find your bit of the game that you can find out about first. Yes, and um, with Empire in particular, there's so many sort of games within the game that it's easy to think before you want to go, I want to be a magician, get up, get to an event, finally don't enjoy the magic part of the game and not really know that you can change your skills, you can look at something else and where you can go. Okay. So how does the, the player support team um, ca- capture those play- players? You know, what, what, what are the kind of 
places or, or things that we'll do to help those players find their game? We start before the events. We um, advertise on the Facebook groups. We advertise on the main Profound Decisions page. And we have an email address that people can contact us on, which we use to answer questions between the events. We've also now got a Facebook group for new players and player support, which we moderate and answer queries on. We have a, I don't want to call it a meeting because meeting's boring, but we have a new player session in the hub for time in. We try and give a brief overview and answer questions people have. Doing events, there's an aggregate in every nation, and now there's also going to be bards around as well. And any new player or player who wants a bit of support or help can go to those people and speak to them. Because the, the our, our player support function doesn't just count for new players. Obviously, new players are generally those players that we probably want to help the most. But there are players who've been in the game for a while who might need some support. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's something we missed a trick on when we called ourselves new player support at the start. And it's part of the reason behind the change to player support is that it's quite easy to go for two or three events, find you're not really getting involved in what you want to be involved with and just need a bit of support. Or to have a problem develop after a couple of years in the game and just need somebody to talk to, to talk it through and give you ideas and suggestions. Okay. So for a lot of players, given that a character is based in a nation, for a lot of players, the egregore is probably the most obvious part of the player support team they'll interact with. Yes, definitely. So would would the rest of the rest of the team on the podcast like to tell us what an egregore is? An egregore is, we call it the spirit of the nation bound in human form. I guess bound is really the wrong word because it's a symbiotic bond between a magical spirit and a human host. And that symbiote, if you will, embodies the, the character of the nation, its culture, its traditions. Yeah. So I guess you could say we're your walking national brief. Okay. And what else do we do? I like this. It's like an exam to make sure you all know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that line in, you know. <laughs> We're there to integrate players, really, into the game world. I, I think it's um, a feature of Profound Decision Games in particular that a lot of the game is you've got to go out and find it for yourself. And that can seem really overwhelming, both for a new player and for somebody that spent some time doing live role play or fest LARP already and just isn't used to that kind of setup or is finding it difficult to find what they're looking for within the game. So we're, we're basically there to, to integrate them, to welcome them, to help them find their feet, to help them find that game so that, and essentially to enable them to be able to go out and find it independently as they go along. And if I'm going to interact with an egg if, I, if I'm a new player and the egg you know, in the field and I spot them and I've got some questions, do I have to go and talk to them purely IC or do I have to go and talk to them OC? You know, how's, how's that bit work? I'd say if they're, they're in an IC situation... For example, they might be in the middle of a conversation with other players. It's best to approach the mind seat. But you can totally also approach an egregore out of character because we're the radio contact for each um, camp as well. So if you needed to get hold of a ref or if you needed a first aider, you'd need to speak to an egregore character anyway. So there is that function there. Yes, of course, also you can speak to your egregore and get them to get me or whoever I have helping me at events We'll happily come out and talk to people out of character and even go around the field and help them find people and get involved. Yeah, so so I, I'm aware that, you know, obviously I serve as the high guard egregore um, and when there's been some uh, security issues or such like, 
I've escalated it to you, Claire, and you've come out and uh, dealt with yes. the issue in the field for the player. So that that's another another essential function of player support that we uh, the egg cores provide. Yes, very much so. We're essentially a first point of contact for a much wider support framework. Uh, coming at it from a conference management background, I actually see it very similarly to what I used to do at conferences, which was stand at the registration desk and if someone has a question, they can come up to you and then you'll just point them at whoever's got the answer. And so the fact that you can do that in character just means that it's a bit smoother for the players and a bit easier for them to find us than having to go off the fields to God and ask questions there. And if, if you're used to other fest LARPs, then you're probably more used to the NPC in your nation or your faction being in charge. Is the egregore in charge in the same way? No. 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 <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of knew the answer to that question, but I think it's a fair question for uh, new players who, who come to our games. Why is the egg core not in charge? No, it's, it's a very fair question. Um, Empire's got a very sort of key policy of that players make the decisions. And in charge of a nation in a sort of leadership role would take that ownership away from the players. The egg yeah. there to support and encourage. And when I say advise, I mean advise in a national tradition way rather than, yes, this is a clever idea way. Yeah, I, I often joke that as High Guard Equal, I've got two standard answers to every question. Uh, the first one is, have you considered the virtue of that action? Or, you know, is that a virtuous thing to do? And the second one is, have you spoken to a priest? <laughs> because they're the essential part of, part of the brief. I, it's unlikely I'm going to answer the question for the... It, certainly I see plot-wise, I'm not going to answer the question. I'm going to try and direct them to another player instead. I like, have you asked a priest? Because... Ultimately, any interaction with a member of PD group that gets a player talking to another player is a win. Yes, absolutely. Because that's one more person they know on the field. <laughs> okay, so if I'm a, a new player or, or even an existing player who has uh, some questions, where where do I go and get answers? So, you know, where does where 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 can I interact with PD or with other players in order to go and get answers? Between events, the only way to get an official answer really is to email PD directly, um, which is admin at profounddecisions.co.uk. Or if it's a rules question, it's rules at profounddecisions.co.uk, I believe. Yes, and we do background queries as well on backgrounds at profounddecisions.co.uk. And I think we have Empire Plot as well. I believe so, yes. Yeah. All these email addresses can be found on the website. If you want unofficial guidance or just to chat to other players, the national Facebook groups are great. Yeah. People are very supportive and encouraging them. There's also the official Profound Decisions forums, which are accessed off the Profound Decision website. Yeah, and there's uh, some uh, loads of really in-depth conversation um, on those. Um, there's a there's a brilliant uh, piece that we talked about uh, on the last podcast about the uh, music of spheres on there and stuff. The really in-depth conversations develop on the forums. It's quite interesting. There's also a lot of specialist interest Facebook groups out there that you can find. So like the Costume Froth Facebook group, if you're after advice about your kit. There's Parents of the Empire, if you're thinking of bringing your children along to the game. And things like archery, in-game medicine, all those kinds of things are available as well. Yeah, there's loads of them, isn't there? And I spend my life reading some of them sometimes. <laughs> it's easy to get lost. <laughs> 
Oh, okay, Claire, you mentioned backgrounds there. Yes. What is the point of a background? Why would I want to have a background in Empire? The best thing about a background is it helps you think about your character and think about where they've come from, what drives them, what motivates them. And it helps you create a person to role play. And if you submit a background, what, what then happens? If you submit a background, all the backgrounds get read. They all get checked for consistency with the Empire's background, the nation's background, and then passed. And then they're all available for all the plot teams to read. Okay. So so a, a part of the sending in of a background is making sure what I think my character um, might have done is appropriate to the setting. Yes. So no mentions of uh, riding around on horses last week, for instance, that kind of thing. <laughs> horses is a popular one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but there's there's loads of stuff to read. Um, what the four of you? What do you feel a new player needs to know when they go in the field? Because th- that wiki is huge. It, it's intimidatingly huge. Well, I remember actually one of the first questions I got asked by a player when I turned up on the field and told them introduce myself as Egregore, was, oh, so you'll have memorised the wiki then. (laughs) (laughs) And even then, (laughs) the answer is no. no. (laughs) Um, Certainly, if if you've chosen your nation already, there's a couple of helpful pages there to do with the the core. There's usually the five things that you need to know and then a couple of core pages that you can start with. Um, and reading those first and memorising those are very useful. And then you can just sort of branch out from there. Um, within the Brass Coast, for example, we have four different regions. So if you've chosen a particular region that your character is from, look at that region, memorise those bits. And you don't have to remember what's in the, the region along because you can always say, well, I've not really travelled outside of Madruga. Um, and so a lot of the, the detail isn't something that everyone is going to be quizzing you on. There are people who like quizzing people on detail, but that's not the majority. The majority are just going to know that we're very colourful people, we like to pay for things, etc, etc. So once you've got the core bits, um, and if you're unsure, just ask somebody. Yes, I think the wiki is sort of the total of what everybody in the world knows about everything in the world. And if you knew everything on the wiki, that would be a lot like meeting somebody in real life. You knew everything on Wikipedia. It would just be a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, there, there aren't many people in the world who have that kind of level of knowledge, are there, really? So so you shouldn't worry if there's a, there's a gap in, in your knowledge. No, and if there is a gap, you can go and talk to people about it because almost that's an advantage because then you've got something to talk about. So you can, if it's your first time in Anvil, which is obviously the name of the place we go to for the events, if it's your first time in Anvil, um, then walking up to somebody and asking how the Senate works or how the Bourse works isn't isn't a problem. That's a and should be a nice leaping off point, shouldn't it? Yes, because if you've never been to the big city before, why would you know these things? Okay, so which bit of the rules do I need to read? Because there's lots of rules. Obviously, there's loads of magic items and there's lots of rituals. Are there any core bits of the rules? It depends on what you want to do with your character. It's always good to know the rules about being hit and dying, which are always the ones I forget. (laughs) (laughs) 
they're, they're, they're the ones I'd, I'd recommend people probably to go to. The one, the, the basic combat rules. And then looking at your own magic and your own skills. Yeah, it very, dep- very much depends what kind of character you're playing. So if you're playing a physician, you'd want to know the physic rules. If you're playing a mage, you'd, particularly in Urizen, you'd want to know something about the, the realms of magic and whatever rituals you might like to master, but certainly not the whole thing. Okay. And do, is there any uh, uh, other advice we'd give uh, new players before they turn up to site? Are there, is there any advice we'd give new players to LARP as well as to you know the Profound Decisions game specifically? Don't worry about your kit. <laughs> it looks fine. And kit is something that develops as you go along as well. Well, yeah, Empire has an aspirational attitude to kit anyway, doesn't it? So you start where, where you start, and the idea is to progress your kit over time. Yes, I think it's very easy to get hung up on, my kit's not good enough, and, and that's not a thing at all. And I think we'd far prefer that you were warm and your boots were waterproof than, you know, everything was in spanking good order and sort of period or genre appropriate right down to the last buttonhole. When I started laughing back in the mists of time, my dad said to me, there's no vanity in warmth. And I've stuck to that ever since. <laughs> that is, so so that, that's, that's a, a really good piece of advice. Obviously, the first game's quite early this year. Mm-hmm. So stay, be, the ability to stay warm and dry is really good advice for a new player, yeah. yes. I think. And making sure that your, your tent and your sleeping area is warm and dry is actually one of the important things as well, I think. It's the more comfortable you are overnight the more energised you are to then role-play on the field during the day. Yes, and if it's not warm and dry, tell somebody, because someone will be able to help. Yeah, my, my, the uh, event, one event last year, my tent flooded, and about ten people helped me dry it all out and get all my gear back up uh, and dried out, otherwise I, I would have been really struggling. E- e- even people who've been doing it for 20 years, it's very easy to... to you know, for that not to work necessarily. If this is confession time, event four last year, I left my bedding on the sofa in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in fact, in fact, uh, Claire, you saved us before because we had, uh, we had a massive uh, tent leak uh, one year in our tent and the, you, you, you and uh, your lovely partner lent us one of your sleeping bags to put my kids in so they didn't freeze to death. And, the lovely Andy Rimmer lent Dave and I sleeping bags when we forgot ours last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So ask. That's probably the best advice for a new player, in fact. Yeah, LARP is a fantastic community. You need to be able to make use of it. So if you are running into difficulty, you know, you don't even have to specifically ask your egregore. You can ask anybody for help. And they are lovely people and they will help you. Oh. <laughs> if, so if, pe- if people are, are now in the run-up to the event, looking to come to the event and haven't come before um where would we where would we direct them to to find out what's going to happen at the event and how to get involved in things well firstly come to the new player session as previously mentioned by claire which is not just players yes we'll be in we're always in the hub from four o'clock on fridays the hub is where the civil servants is based it's usually a big round stripy tent right in the middle of the field with a big map up on the wall. But almost anybody should be able to point you in the direction of it, which hopefully will have Matt standing in front of it for us. Um, we have a ref there who runs through um, how, you know, any rules questions for players and 
so on and so forth. There's a range of people there, aren't there? Yeah, we try to do an overview of the field and where things are, so you've got an idea of what you might want to go and look at when you start playing. We talk about briefly the civil service, the Senate, usually give an overview of what's been happening in the last season of downtime so you can talk about your nation's army, you know what questions you want to ask about. And we answer questions as well, which can be any question from where are the toilets to rules questions that we'll get a referee to ask answer. Okay, so that that's uh, another good point. Um, in the run-up to events, uh, PD publish a bunch of extra information about the game world. Would somebody care to run through uh, what those are for any new players listening? Uh, so they released two kinds of briefings. Would you call them briefings? Um, yeah, I think it's a good word. Yeah. yeah, well, one which is called the Winds of War, which focuses on large battlefield happenings and what's happening on essentially the the eastern, western, northern and southern fronts um, around the empire, so the people that we're currently fighting. Um, And the other one is the Winds of Fortune, which looks at, I don't know whether you'd say smaller necessarily, but things that still have an impact on the empire but aren't directly necessarily linked to battlefields. So it could be ambassadors that are turning up, it could be... Um, curses that are in effect in particular areas, that sort of thing. So things that people will be talking about within their nations and within the empire at large. And, and quite often the winds of, well, in fact, the winds of war and winds of fortune are quite often uh, heavily player affected. Yes. So, for instance, there's a uh, wind of fortune um, this this time around that is about the Calavesi and British British uh, relics going to the swamp. And that's the result of player action on the field. Like a lot of things, we try and make make it obvious that the players' actions have had consequences and the winds of war and the winds of fortune are some of the places in which you can see those consequences written out. In particular, so the winds of war, it could be the battles that you've fought at the last event. This is what's happened since and what what diplomacy has come out of it. So with the ambassadors, for example, if you insulted the ambassador um, an event ago or two events ago, they might now be sending other other ambassadors around to sort of should put the, push their weight around and um, complain about things. Uh, and I, I believe, in fact, this time we have uh, quite a lot of Orc ambassadors turning up in the Winds of Fortune. Yes. And the Winds of War. Yes, I believe so, yes. Yeah, I, no doubt that will be quite exciting for some people. Um <laughs> So we, obviously we don't just cover new players. So if if we have um, players who are struggling to find their own game and have been been in the game for a while, what kind of advice uh, would you give them? I would say please talk to us. Yeah, it's not a sign of weakness. You haven't failed at the game if you ask for help, either for yourself or for your group. You know, it is would be beneficial to you um, to to talk to your egregore to talk to your nation's bard, to talk to Claire and the rest of the player support team, to talk to other influential players within your nation who can direct you to the game you're looking for or help you in find a new area of it to pursue. This is a really important point, actually, is um, sometimes people get so focused on making their character work, they don't remember that we're playing a fantasy game and you can just change. If you've set yourself up to be 
magically focused and you're not enjoying that game, what you really want to be involved with is religion and the synod. You can always have a conversion and suddenly find religion and play the part of the game that you think you'll enjoy. Uh, and and we we support that um, uh, for for players as well, don't we? In that if you if you're if you start a new character and you work out um, after after an event that the character skill set isn't right, we'll change that for you. Yeah, and there there are a number of points of support like that that if you come and talk to us, we can help you with finding your game or changing changing your game so so that you get real fun and enjoyment out of it because that's the most important part of the larp it's meant to be fun um and it's very easy to forget that when you're embroiled in your uh, character struggles yes and also changing nation that's possible as well if you if you turn up in one nation and suddenly find you get on really well with a big chunk of people in another nation the facility does exist to change nation we will probably make you role play to do it yeah, it's a really good role-play opportunity. But we won't stop you doing it. No, in fact, it's one of my favourite uh, jobs as an Ecuador, um is is doing the uh, role-playing of people changing nations, leaving and coming to the nation. Although although I've had lots more people come and role-play joining the nation than leaving the nation, obviously. Okay, so what else do, what else do we want to cover off? Oh, the, the other thing that my, my elite team of new players brought up was invisible social norms that we all know yeah and can't explain it's, i know it's a really hazy subject can i just ask as well is it worth mentioning the thing about orcs and changing nation um yeah mention that now it's probably worth mentioning to do with changing nations that it's a bit different if you're playing an imperial orc compared to playing a human lineaged or not in that it's not there's never currently been an orc in a non-orc nation in the empire. It's something you can explore, I see, but it's not been done yet. Very good point, Liz. Thank you. So obviously there are, there are lots of things that as experienced LARPers, some of us before the dawn of time, apparently, Claire, um, uh, are, are used to. Uh, do we want to run some of, through some of those for new players? So the kind of, things that we normally expect to happen in LARP that somebody who who hasn't necessarily been involved in LARP won't be aware of. So things like um, IC and OC and what the boundary of the field and all those kinds of things. Yes, LARPers do love terminology. Oh, we do. <laughs> yes. IC is in character and OC is out of character. So the general rule at Profound Decisions events is if you're in costume in an in-character area... We can assume you're in character. And you should try not to be out of costume in an in-character area as well, shouldn't you? It detracts from the game if somebody you're in the middle of an intense role-playing experience and somebody wanders through wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Um, and we obviously Anvil is on an icy field and there's a set of out-of-character camping beyond that, isn't there? Yes, and uh, caterers as well. There's caterers in character and there's caterers out of character. So you can leave the field, stop playing your character, eat your food with your friends, and then go back in and start. Or you can go and choose to have your dinner you and do everything in character. Okay. What 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 other kind of um, things do LARPers just get used to and forget that other people might not remember? Well, one of the things that is a little bit tricky when you first start is if you have an out-of-character question and you happen to be in the IC area, you know, how do you how do you find an answer to that question? Without right. interrupting people, because obviously you're 
immediate instinct might just be to go up to the nearest person or to your friend and grab them and ask them. Um, and the considered polite way of doing it is to just sort of ask in character if they have a moment for a private word or if they could step away for a little bit. Um, so if you were in the same way that we said, if you're approaching the egregore about something, um, just ask them if they can move away from their in-character conversation, go somewhere a bit quieter, and then drop out of character to ask your question, rather than just interrupting the in-character conversation or the in-character events that are happening at that time. That's something that you get used to, is sort of judging when is a good time to interrupt. Um, uh, another one I've just thought of is man down. If somebody is in, is in character injured, please do not shout man down. You will, that is generally used as an out of character call to say there is a, a, a real world injury taking place. Um, and so please don't shout man down when somebody falls over or gets wounded. Um, that's, that's another one that I've seen people uh, uh, get caught out by. The whole field stops fighting and it's just because their mate got hit by a sword, I see. And linked to that and linking back to what I said earlier, um, if it is an OC emergency, interrupt. Yes. So if it's if it's a non-urgent thing, obviously take them aside. But if it's an emergency, it is OK to interrupt. Oh, um, there are some topics that aren't considered appropriate at Profound Decision Games. Um, they are on the wiki. Um, I would suggest um, any new players just to have a look at those. Um because there, there, are, there are things we just don't, don't allow to, to have occurred in the game as they're inappropriate for the game. Now trying to think of other rules. Physical contact? Uh, if, you're, if you're wanting to engage in either grappling, which usually is not something that you would do with someone that you don't know out of character, um, or if you are taking part in, for example, romantic role play or... Um, social role play where you might want to hold hands or maybe just tap them on the shoulder or hugging all that sort of physical contact um, it's usually considered polite to ask first what the other person is comfortable with if you wanted to this can take it could be informal off the field it can be um, a quick Facebook message um, it's usually safer to err on this side of caution when you're starting um, so yeah. as to avoid any um, confusion, essentially, and awkwardness yeah. <laughs> later on. Did your um, friends have any others, Claire? Right, so obviously the big part of any LARP that a lot of people enjoy is the large battles. And yeah. we operate a social contract where if you go to fight one of the larger battles, we ask that you go to monster the next one the next day in return for the great fight you had the first day um and uh, nations have uh, skirmish slots as well i believe yes they're not obligatory but they are used as a way to gauge how much a nation enjoys combat so the better percentage turnout your nation has for a skirmish slot will give plot and skirmish an indication that you really like fighting and you might find more fights coming your way. And it's a really good way to uh, find out more about the combat system and practice your skills. Yes. Yes. 
quite a few of um, the players in the Brass Coast I know um, monster because it gives them a chance to practice with fighting, even if their character that they normally play isn't much of a fighter. Yes, and although a lot of the fights are orc-based, there's always roles that don't involve wearing a mask. It's one that hadn't occurred to me, but what do you do with your friends who you know out of character but don't know in character? Because we all know there's a system of nods and smiles that doesn't mean we acknowledge you. (laughs) No, no, it's it's a really good point. Um, One of the things I tend to do is where I've got good friends who I want to be able to have a cup of tea with, yeah, and and kind of get on with IC. I tend to make sure that we at least have backgrounds that touch. So you know, you might you might have, if if, you know, if you're playing an older character, you might have fought alongside somebody previously or something like that, Uh, and just making sure that people that you're friends with out of character, you have a reason to to at least say hi to. Um, But you're right. There's a there's a whole bunch of uh, nods and winks and stuff that are entirely clearly out of character. yeah, yeah, that can be a bit awkward, that one, can't it? Yes, we're certainly not asking you to ignore your friends, but make up an excuse. No. Or when yeah. talk to them. There's no reason you can't talk to people in Anvil and get to know them. Well, I, I've had had both happen. So I've had friends where I've created a background link um, because I know I'm going to see them regularly. Or, or in one case, because they were also NPC and kept passing my character and handing them food, which in the Brass Coast, handing somebody something for free is a little bit forward. Um, we actually rolled with that and just made it part of the characterization. So we started having this um, burgeoning relationship, friendship, whatever you want to call it, um, where we agreed that we were constantly buying each other food. And that's it's a good excuse to sort of sit down and have five minutes with somebody where you can chat to them as a friend, where otherwise you might not see them because they're too busy role-playing on the other side of the field. Uh, and it also creates more role-playing opportunities for those around you because it, one of the things I really enjoy when uh, when playing a character is working out how different different people on the field relate to each other and you know what what is the contact between... Uh, as an example, Menos and Escon and stuff like that. So if I was sitting as a character, I'd be, I, you know, I'd be quite interested in how everybody relates to each other. So that creates game for other people without you even realising it. Yes, yes, I like it when all the Eggles talk to each other because you all have such different outlooks on the in-character game. <laughs> the Egrity. <laughs> yeah. Plus we yes. can make fun of each other, which is what we spend a lot of time doing. <laughs> and when we talk to players about that as well, it kind of reinforces those sort of national cultures, I guess you could say stereotypes as well, um, when we talk about each other and the things that we do. For example, yeah, Escom washing his hands all the time. Yeah. I, 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 and the, um, in fact, I'm reminded of a, a moment... Um, uh, role playing with you, Tony, where um, we were at the bridge. The league were having a, a bridge dueling competition, and there was water being thrown around. And as Escon, I grabbed your shoulders and moved you. Yeah. <laughs> and the utter indignation on your face. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yes, yeah. Urizen don't really do touching. 
Um, and I think that's probably another piece of advice I would give to players. Not not don't touch the urizen, although that's in there as well. Don't lick the urizen. Um, <laughs> really seriously, that that's, that's an actual game that goes on in the field. Um, but read yeah. the bit of your national brief about culture and customs. So if you're playing in high guard, um, you'll want to be aware that people wash their hands all the time because there's a cleanliness ritual. And if you're playing in Urizen, you'd want to be aware that yeah. um, there is a real big thing about personal space and giving each giving each other personal space. So sort of no no random sort of casual touching, as it were. So kind of get to know that bit of your brief so that you do I mean, at this point, it's not the unwritten rules of the field. It's the kind of cultural faux pas that you want to avoid that are actually written there into the briefs. Yeah, because I, I suppose that's one of the really hard things when you arrive on the field, isn't it? Is as a new player, you don't want to make mistakes that make that automatically yeah. isolate you from other players. And those are the kinds of mistakes, those cultural mistakes are the kinds of ones that yeah. can. So that, that's, I, I really like that advice. Yeah, the culture and customs bit of the brief can be really important. Don't don't turn up to play in Wintermark dressed like you're from the Brass Coast. <laughs> no, come to the Brass Coast dressed like the Brass Coast. <laughs> Are you recruiting more players, Lynette? Always. <laughs> I like more people to talk to. I suppose that's also an, another difference between the egregores and NPCs and some other games. We're not actively recruiting for our nation. That's up to our players, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if someone were to come to me and ask my opinion on what sort of thing they want to play in the Brass Coast, I could probably give them a rundown as to the current state of play. You know, have we got um, a lot of a particular type of character? Do we need more priests do we need more well they'll be souvenir but do we need more of them essentially yeah. so where there are gaps say where there might be more game for them depending on what sort of game they're looking for but not actively recruiting in the sense of going out and going you you haven't decided to come to empire join the brass coast no yeah <laughs> it's a very different feel in that way mm. actually another, another unwritten rule that came to me was the what to do if you feel out of character, uncomfortable about something that's happening to you. Um, I'm struggling a bit with words at the moment, so someone else might have to take that one. I think Claire's probably the best one to take that one, actually. Yes, if you're out of character, comfortable, please report it to us. Either speak to your egg or go out of character, go down to the god desk and ask to speak to somebody. We take these things seriously and we'd like to help you and stop it from happening. Okay, so one last question for you all. If if you had to advise a new player the one thing they should remember to bring with them that they might forget, and I don't include sleeping bags in this, what extra thing do they need to pack that they might not realise that they'd want? More socks. <laughs> I was going to say, they're all going to say socks. Yeah, that, was, that was what I had in my head as well. Um, after socks, I generally pack snacks because it's often easy to forget to eat because you're too busy doing things. Pencil and an in-character notepad. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Who said socks first? It was it was it was joint. I think me and Claire. Right. Okay. I think we had socks and more socks. Okay. So Tony still has one to go. Sunscreen. 
Oh, nice one. Yeah, the weather in Anvil is quite frequently miserable, and yet I still seem to burn every single event. So, so sunscreen, even if it doesn't look like it's going to be sunny. That's just the glare off your costume. (laughs) (laughs) You want to dye it in some fabulous purple and red, maybe some gold trim, that would probably help. No, no, you want the costume to be black uh, and white uh, and, and try and keep, you know, very staid, solid lines to it, yeah. Yeah, but if I go down on the battlefield, everybody knows about it because there's no longer the glaring white flag in the middle of the line. (laughs) (laughs) I say one other thing that might be useful is, you know, the sort of um, heat pads you can buy, the chemical ones? Yeah. Those are really either to put in your sleeping bag when you're sleeping or to have them in your pockets. Or if you haven't got pockets, you can just tuck them into your sleeves for when it's cold, especially at the Easter event. At about 12 o'clock at night. Okay. It's really nice to chuck one in the bottom of your sleeping bag about 10 minutes before you go to bed. Uh, my, my thing that I, I would always suggest for somebody packs is a pack of wet wipes. Oh, yeah. Yes. One. Uh, because the, the thing that happens all through the event for me is my hands get dirtier and dirtier. Because um, you're touching costume and mud and leather and... Um, weapons and things and you just pick up grime constantly and of course the toilets you know run, running water isn't isn't as freely available as in your you know in your real world house so the, even in high guard where, where i'm constantly hand washing i still will sit down with a wet wipe and just wipe out wipe in under my nails and get my hands clean off and when you go to bed at night just cleaning before you go to sleep is so nice so when you wake up in the morning, you're not grimy. That makes an event better for me. And useful for removing makeup. And and useful for removing makeup and cleaning yourself up if you fall over. And yeah, so many uses. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, doing this new player podcast, everybody. Um, if you'd like to say goodbye. Bye. 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 And hopefully uh, sp- uh, see you all uh, soon in the field. See you in a field. See you in the field. Bye. 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 One more.